This is also the nearest stop to Fantasyland, where you'll find many of your favorite Disney animated characters and stories. If you'll be leaving us here, please wait until the train comes to a full stop. Remember your personal belongings, then step carefully from the train. Y'all have fun and say hi to Mickey Boy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Three Guys and the Mouse. Josh here with my co-host George. Yo yo. And we're going to be discussing the recent earnings call by Disney and the first one that they've done with Bob Iger back. So here we go. All right, to start things off, we're going to start with just the numbers for the Disney company. So Bob Iger announced that dividends would be returning to shareholders after a three-year hiatus that started with the pandemic. Now, this is good news because, of course, that means that as a Disney shareholder, you're going to be receiving your usual profits that you would hope to get as a shareholder. He also announced that revenue was actually up. The company earned 23 $51 billion in its first quarter this year, which is $1.3 billion higher than what was expected. This means that shareholders will be seeing a dividend of $0.99 cents per share as opposed to $0.78 cents per share, which is what was the expectation on Wall Street. They did announce, though, that Disney Plus lost subscribers, but not as many as, what, as they were expecting. So they lost 3.1 million subscribers, but Iger states that he has actually focused more on achieving profitability in Disney Plus as opposed to just adding subscribers. I do want to point out though, Disney Plus currently has 168 million subscribers as opposed to, of course, the top dog would be Netflix who has 231 million subscribers. How do you feel about these, uh, George? You know, I'm not too worried about uh, Disney Plus subscribers anymore. You know, with Netflix changing all their users and all that stuff, that's definitely going to be like downgrade for them. Um, but the plus side of Disney Plus is like you're going to have some more great shows in the advertisements saying that, like, oh, anyone could use it. Um, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I agree. I'm not as worried about subscribers with Disney Plus because I feel like as much as, like, obviously, you don't want to be losing subscribers. 168 million subscribers, which literally makes them the number two in the uh, subscription service. It's just like, so why are you super worried? Like, you're still up there. You're still beating out everyone else. And if anything, I think their real concern is that they are pretty aware that that 168 uh, million subscribers, of course, is based mainly on something like Mandalorian, but also, uh, and of course, Simpsons, because that's always their highest streamed uh, product every uh, time they announce anything. But I feel like they also understand that another reason is, realistically, Disney Plus doesn't cost like anything. Disney Plus is still, I think, $6.99 is what it is, uh, just to have Disney Plus, as opposed to like something like, I don't know, Netflix is, I think, $12.99. And I pay for HBO Max, but I'm constantly like on the verge of canceling it because it's $14.99. And I'm like, I only really watch one thing on here and it's Doctor Who or maybe I guess last week tonight. But 
I'm just like, that's not worth $14.99 a, a month to pay that. And then you've got like Paramount Plus, which I know everyone's gawking for because of uh, Yellowstone, but it's like Yellowstone, uh, I'm just fully going to admit, I'm not a fan of that. I don't watch it, but it's like they already have two spinoff shows. At what point is that show really not viable anymore, you know? Yeah, with Yellowstone, I'm not really a huge fan. I mean, I watched the first episode, but it was just not my type of show. Uh, with Disney+, Plus, they have all the shows that I like, like Mandalorian, um, a lot of like Marvel shows. Uh, I mean, that's really my type of shows that I like to watch. Oh, yeah. Now, moving on. He also announced that they would be reorganizing uh, the Disney company at large. So before they had a bunch of different divisions, this is actually something that realistically is a holdover from Bob uh, Chapek, uh, who was going to be reorganizing the company. And Bob Iger now announced officially that it would be happening. Uh, so they're going to go down to just three divisions. One is Disney Entertainment, which will include uh, its streaming services and media operations. The next is Parks, Experiences, and Products. And the third division is ESPN, which um, is very odd that it's its own division. And that will include its TV network and ESPN+. There is a lot of rumors that Disney has been trying to sell off ESPN for a little while. So maybe that's why it's its own division. So they can keep it away from the rest of it to try to realistically cut it. Now, here's where we come into my actual issue, which is... He announced that they would be cutting $5.5 billion in spending, which would require cutting 7,000 jobs across the company. That's where I can't help but be annoyed uh, at this realistically conglomerate company. You're sitting here announcing you're at record profits every quarter, but then you're also going to be, oh, we're going to cut 7,000 jobs. And it's like 7,000, like, you know that's not coming from the top. Jobs, uh, when, when you announce 7,000 jobs, you know that's coming from the bottom line. And uh, it's just worrying to me that you're cutting so many people's livelihoods. Like, hopefully they all, you know, get something else. Maybe uh, even get headhunted or uh, get into a better company with uh, more money. But it's like kind of like I also saw people complaining about how Disney has been doing just like Universal was, uh, which I talked about with Hunter on here where they've been kind of pushing people out of uh, Disney Imagineering and they were complaining and they're like, they're just going to go over to other companies and do great things. And I'm like, what other companies? Universal Creative is also pushing people out. So it's like these Imagineers and stuff, you're doing a job that it's like, where are you going to go? I mean, Joe Rohde went to uh, Virgin, uh, right? Yeah, it was Virgin's um, space operations. And I'm just like, what is that for? Like, I, I haven't seen a single actual thing he's done for them yet. I just see him posting all the time about Disney, which is so odd. I, I just kind of wonder, I'm like, uh, where, you know, um, how are you making profits but still cutting everything? Yeah, it's hard to say with, like, how business works and stuff that you have to, like, sacrifice. But it's something that we have no control and, it's, like, it is what it is. No, and I totally agree. There's there's no other way to say it. Um of course, that's like the negative, right? Uh, I, I really don't want to dwell too bad on that. Um, I think it's uh, kind of BS, but, you know, also I don't run a company. I don't understand, like, what their bottom line is looking like. And also, you know, I do understand that 
as a traded company, you know, it's traded on the stock market, it means that you do have to have profit lines that justify things. Um, famously, though, this is why Walt Disney hated that they had to answer to stockholders because he was like, why should I be answering to anyone? I, he's like, I do the creative work. And he would tell his brother, you deal with those people. I don't want to deal with them because he saw it as stifling. I mean, realistically, that's why Michael Eisner um, and uh, uh, that's why Michael Eisner at the beginning was so good because he had someone doing that for him. He had his own Roy. But when Michael Eisner lost uh, him and, uh, you know, Wells and in the uh, tragic helicopter accident, when he lost Wells, the problem became, okay, well, now he has to do both jobs. And he was a terrible CEO once he was like that. Um, Bob Iger, I feel like, has really, like, kind of, he's, like, ridden the line pretty well. But at the same time, the main criticism of Bob Iger is that he's only concerned about profit lines and not really about creative ideas. This is why, and we've talked about this many times on this podcast, you see overseas, they're getting things like um, Tron Light Cycle Run, which I know they just built it in Disney World, but without the success of that in Hong Kong or Shanghai, I forget which one it's in, uh, without the success of it actually operating out there, there's no goddamn way they would have built that because it w it's based on an IP that Disney as a company sees as uh, toxic because they're like, every time we try to make anything with this, it doesn't do well. It has like a fan base online, but that doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, or, you know, you get like Mystic Manor. Mystic Manor is an amazing attraction that we will never see over here because it's not based on an IP product. And it's so annoying because it's like you created your own IP inside there. Or look at Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, as cool as that new Pirates ride that they built in uh, Shanghai is, it is like it's like you took a ride that would that didn't have an actual IP to it. And you just made it the movie now. And it, it's like, that's what you guys really want. Or we've talked about Big Thunder Mountain, how they wanted to shove Lone Ranger in there if that movie did well. Haunted Mansion, they very much, I guarantee you, if that Haunted Mansion movie does well, they're going to be shoving it in some way into the ride. It's just, you know, um, Bob Iger doesn't really understand creative. He only understands profit lines. Of course, we get cool stuff out of that, realistically. You get the world of Avatar. Pandora is a really cool land. You get Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is an awesome land too. Just fantastic storytelling in a land, but it's realistically focused on just an IP. Yeah, you know, I feel like back then it was much easier to take risk, but nowadays it's harder because of technology and social media and stuff like that, don't you think? Yes, and that's realistically the issue, you know, with, um, they're, they're always worried. Taking a risk is a, is realistically a, it's a very scary thing for a company, especially as a head of a company. You, you could get fired for taking risks. I mean, that was realistically the joke of Bob Chapek. He refused to take any risks, but what did him in is that he was unwilling to do risks at all. He was unwilling to spend any money inside the parks. And, of course, once uh, it became very obvious that that's how it was, they were like, okay, well, you're not going to function well as a CEO if your only concern is trying to make more profit off of what's already there.
Yes. But on top of this, uh, there was a couple good announcements. He did announce three movies uh, as big deals that uh, made it a point that he wanted to announce them at the earnings call. He announced a Toy Story 5, Frozen 3, and Zootopia 2. Of course, going back to my argument on IPs, this is literally just taking IPs and making more of them. He might as well have announced uh, another Cars movie. But, you know, there's the one side of me where I'm like, yes, you're going to you're going to get the money you want from this, especially Frozen and Toy Story. Those are huge properties. You're you're going to make more. They are building a Zootopia land in one of the Asian parks. I forget which one. Uh, and Zootopia realistically is a huge um, property. Also, they when they announced that uh, I had gone over it with Hunter, I believe, but uh, when they went over uh, or when they announced what the streaming numbers were for like, you know, uh, minutes and billions or whatever, Zootopia was one of the top ones, which is absurd to me because I'm just like, oh, you know, I like that movie, but I'm like, I didn't think it was that good. Uh, so a Zootopia sequel I saw coming. I was like, OK, like that's been kind of like a rumor for a while. But, um, you know, this this is a good news because it's like promising uh, some new product coming out, but uh, it's also kind of also like maybe they don't want to take a, a risk anymore, you know, because like look at Strange Worlds. Strange Worlds didn't do well at all. I still haven't watched it, but it, it's because it was too crazy and they were they realized they were like, OK, maybe we shot too far. So obviously with this announcement, I feel like they were just like, look, we'll just make whatever you guys want. So I would go back to the Walt Disney quote. You can't top pigs with pigs. I agree. I think with Toy Story 5, it's a little bit too much. But at the end of the day, I think they're going to find a way that Buds and Woody are going to be back together as best friends. Um, but you can't take it away with number three. Number three is like probably like the best one. I did watch number four and I enjoyed it with like Forky and like the new characters um, and the comedy what's in it. Uh, the only thing I didn't like was Bonnie being like kind of like the bad guy. Uh, with Frozen 3, I kind of already expected that. And especially like all the merchandise and all that stuff. Zootopia, it was a good movie. It's just not my favorite movie. I don't think I'll watch it like too much. But we'll see how it's going to happen. I, I would say if I rank these in like... In like uh, terms of more like uh, what we needed uh, or ranking them, you know, uh, which ones are more likely, you know, just like, okay, I get the idea uh, to this is just you making wanting to make more money. I would definitely say Zootopia 2 would be the top one where I'm like, okay, I can see a sequel for this. I'm not sure what it is, but uh, I see like there's a story there. Frozen 3 is like, oh, this is stretching it, but I'm like, you could explore some more of like the other parts of the world kind of like avatar toy story 5 is just like now you're just beating a dead horse i i will not lie i did not watch toy story 4 i don't care to watch toy story 4 i just don't think it was necessary i i saw toy story 3 toy story 3 was the end of the story to me to move on and continue on with bonnie i was fine with those as like specials like there was the um you know, there there was the TV specials. There's the little cartoons, the you know, the Toy Story tunes. I'm like, I'm good with that. Making Toy Story 4, I was just like, well, now you just you just want to beat a dead horse. I don't think there was as much of a story there. 
uh, of course, there was a holdover of John Lasseter, so I guess there was, but I just, I just don't think there's any purpose to more Toy Story other than making product. Like I said, I would put Toy, Toy Story 5 is like making another Cars movie. It's just like, you just want money. That's all you want. Yeah, uh, honestly, I, I have no other place to go with that. Now, um, this is the big news that he announced. He announced, uh, Bob Iger, he announced that Avatar The Way of Water, the sequel to Avatar, is about to cross $2.2 billion. And with that, he talked about how amazing it is, the profits, obviously, and about the Pandora world of Avatar in Disney's Animal Kingdom at Disney World. And then he gave us a little add-on where he said that he's uh, excited to announce that an Avatar experience will be coming to the Disneyland Resort. And of course, this is where the bloggers went crazy because what does that mean? Where does it go? And that's like something I wanted to discuss more because for, Dis for us as Disneylanders, it is a question, where are you shoving that? We have Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is a huge piece of real estate. I don't see anywhere in the park where it would make sense. I've seen people arguing maybe they could redo the submarines to be Avatar themed. I think that's kind of a non-starter just because they spent a lot of money on making it Finding Nemo and they spent a lot of money upkeeping that thing. And on top of it, it makes a lot of money uh, or money. Uh, it, it's it's not uh it's very popular i would argue if i think they're gonna do something i do think uh the old innoventions building is probably your best bet because that's a building they're not using at all and then you've also got the people mover track i'm like you could be using stuff like that um of course we'll see what they actually think where where's like a place you could see them shoving this in at disneyland george you know, I feel like it might be over in Frontierland. I think that's going to be like the new spot. Uh, I know Star Wars Land is over there, but it'll be cool if they add that over there as well. Of course, the space is not there. Um, I always think about getting rid of the submarine, but would they just keep refurbishing uh, Finding Nemo so that would never happen? Um, it's. I feel like it might also be in Tomorrowland. That's another place, but it's the question is like where though? Yes, that's the issue. Where do you shove it? Where do you shove this? Because realistically, I don't see any real justifiable area. You can't build the land, which I feel like that's why he said it the way he did. But it's just like, where's the real estate you're going to use? Like, I feel like Tomorrowland is the most realistic land you could shove it in because it is set in the future. I've seen some people online want Jungle Cruise gone. I think that is horrible to say. Um, just 
the idea of that. Just to just to outright kill the jungle cruise is awful. Uh, Frontierland doesn't have a lot of uh, real estate left because of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I've seen people say maybe you could get rid of um, the back part of Critter Country, you know, where Pooh Bear and the stores are. But I'm just like, you're you're about to turn that into Princess and the Frog. That doesn't make sense. How do you how would you justify that? You know, because the ride would be coming out into Avatar. Uh, I feel like it's really complicated to figure out where it would be. And that's where it kind of, uh, I feel like a nuanced, uh, or maybe like clever idea I saw someone say was DCA. DCA could obviously, it's got the real estate. Hollywood land is like in shambles. That whole land is basically non-existent. And it's like, you could shove it in there. They have that uh, they have that backstage um, restaurant that they used to use that currently is nothing. They have that huge uh, auditorium thing. Uh, well, basically, it's another soundstage, but it's where the um, uh, the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire play it was. You've got uh, realistically, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, dang, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, the Philharmagic, uh, Phil you could use that area too. I, I feel like there's tons of real estate in that Hollywood backlot that you could use it. And you could do the kind of jackass thing of not really covering it and just being like, oh, well, it's a movie, you know, and, which they would love to do. If you, if you don't have to spend money on making that cue and they could just be like, oh, well, you're just going into a backstage that's uh, Avatar. Uh, but I feel like that's, that's probably the best bet. I think, um, in realistic terms, I feel like they would love to throw it into Disneyland just because it would shove people into Disneyland. But you also just built a new ride there, so it would make sense also to go back to DCA and be like, okay, let's try to shove people in here because, you know, they're still working out what the Black Panther ride is going to be because, you know, they had announced that. And then, uh, you know, um, the actor who played uh, Black Panther passed away. So it's like, what's your plan now? <laughs> Also, I think anyone like screaming right now at their iPod like, well, that doesn't make sense to theming and blah, blah, blah. You're going to tell me that the Avengers campus makes any goddamn sense back there. That is the dumbest area I've ever seen just genuinely shoved in. Like it is the most universal-esque theming I've ever seen. I'm not I'm not do uh, docking it, though, because, you know, I have praised it before. I, I think it's. It is well done, but it is it does look like it's just shoved in there because it's literally shoved between two lands and it, it there's no real like good transition. It's just all of a sudden you're in Avengers and the Avengers campus is also stupid because, you know, this is DCA is supposed to be based on California. That's hard to really say now because, of course, Pixar Pier, I don't know what the hell that's supposed to be. Um, you, you do have Grizzly uh, Peak uh area which does is very much california the hollywood backlot one of vista street also but most of that place is just kind of whatever now but the uh the whole basis of it is that uh the avengers campus is built on top of where they had the stark expo the one that's from iron man 2 but we know and i've said this before we know that 
the Stark Expo was done in Flushing Meadows, New York, because it's literally the 1964 World's Fair. It's the Marvel version of it. So I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, I know that this area that's supposed to, we're supposed to be in California for the Avengers campus, I know that it's actually supposed to be New York. It's supposed to be Flushing Meadows, New York, because you're saying it's it was uh, where the Stark Expo was. So I just think all across the board. You don't care about theming when it comes to DCA. Just shove shove Avatar somewhere in there. You you've got a good spot. You can throw it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the one of the things that it's I feel like it will be perfect is like get rid of like Monsters Inc. Like as much I love that ride. Like it's it's awesome, but like that corner like would be the best. That's that's what I mean. Is that corner over there? That corner over there would be perfect to use. That's what I'm saying. That huge uh, soundstage building that's uh, over on the other side that they never use for anything. They had like a piece of a plane sticking out for Captain Marvel, you know? That is like your best bet. Because that was a restaurant that failed. And they've never really used it for anything. I'm like, you, you've you got a huge building right there. Sho- shove it inside of there. I mean, you could build that stupid flight um, of passage inside there. Do you think they ever going to change the name DCA? No, they already did. Because they changed it from uh, Disney's California Adventure to Disney California Adventure. I don't think they'll ever make another change to it. Because it's that thing. It's like, uh, it's branding. Uh, If anything, the craziest rebranding they've ever done for a theme park was when they lost... um, MGM, so Disney MGM Studios had to change its name to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Uh, that's probably the biggest change that's ever actually happened. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So they already did a name change, but it was just, it was Disney's California Adventure, and they cut the apostrophe S and turned it to just Disney California Adventure. And of course, we call it DCA. I don't think they ever would. Yeah, I, I just think that it, it makes sense that they put it on DCA. It's just like, it just doesn't make sense why Disneyland. Like, um, as much as, like, we go back and forth, we get the park hopper and whatever. Like, if I have to choose, like, just a one-day park, like, it's just going to be Disneyland. Like, I don't think i ever going to say to myself, like, oh, I'm going to go to just DCA. Like, it's too soon. I uh, I have actually said before, though, I said it with Hunter, that I do think they should maybe... Uh, I suggested a name change, which uh, my name change to keep it DCA was Disney Company Adventure. Just because, you know, they're kind of taking out all of the part that's really California. Because, you know, um, you weren't on that episode, but we talked about how they're changing the... Uh, waterfront, the Pacific Wharf, right? Uh, they're changing it over to be um, themed to Big Hero Six, and I'm just like, well, you just like don't care anymore. Like this, this company genuinely doesn't care about this place anymore. If you're gonna make it San Francisco over there instead of being, because it is supposed to be San Francisco over there, but they're turning it into San Francisco from Big Hero Six. It's like you just don't care anymore. Like just stop pretending you cared. I think if you just called it Disney Company Adventure, you'd be like, you could just shove whatever IP you want in there. I'm just looking at pictures right now, and I, I, I just, I'm always disgusted when I look at Pixar Pier. Paradise Pier was never great, but making, 
I thought it was a great change when it changed over and they did the classic Disney characters and stuff. When I look at it as Pixar, I think it's so ugly. All right, so that's going to do it for us this week. We want to thank you guys again for listening. Of course, I'm always monitoring our viewership. We are heading up and up, which is so crazy. If you are a listener and a loyal listener, uh, we would really love if you make sure to review us, suggest us to your friends, make sure to subscribe, follow, um, and everything, uh, and rate us on iTunes, Spotify, Spreaker. You can always download directly from my website, which is geocomedy.com slash 3GATM. That's G-I-O-C-O-M-E-D-Y dot com slash 3GATM. Uh, you got anything, George? Uh, nope. Same thing. Just start subscribing and um, write a comment. Because um, any comment that you guys have um, or ask questions, like we'll definitely answer the, the next podcast. Yes, exactly. And, you know, once again, thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next time. See you later. Ciao.